the share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lincoln. Come on, it's six o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Wednesday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, Bill Bush on Early Break Fun Show. So far as you got the podcast at theticketfm.com. Appreciate all your phone calls. Text 402-464-5685. Without further ado, we had a conversation yesterday on these airwaves, Bill, regarding potential rule changes in college football to speed the game up and also for safety concerns also. And the guy that reported that, is on the line, Ross Dellinger of SI.com. Good morning, Ross. We were talking about these four different rules in play uh, that were brought up by college football executives. And the one that we really glommed on to was potentially having a running clock after incomplete passes. Uh, can you explain any sort of reason why that would be brought up in a conversation, Ross? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, it's, it's just one of four proposals, I think it's certainly the most controversial of this group of proposals right now, and, and it'll be one that uh, I think we'll see quite a bit of debate next week in the in the committee room, um, because there is, uh, there is some split and there is some division uh, on that one. You know, all the other proposals really just align with what the NFL does, um, but this one does not, right? This one's a little... Uh, a little, uh, uh, like I said, uh, uh, a little more significant and impactful to the game and would potentially change the offensive game. Um, and so uh, I, I think the first three, which is the back-to-back, you know, prohibiting back-to-back timeouts and the untimed, no untimed downs after the first and third quarter uh-huh. after defensive penalties in the first down, up, uh, you know, running the clock after a first down. I think those three are are on the path to passing, but this one is uh, a little more tricky. Ross, uh, Bill Bush here. Obviously, we have a, a very good friendship and, and just uh, so impressed with your career and, and obviously being with Sports Illustrated now. Uh, it's just me and Sipple were talking about this the other day about the excitement about back in the day when Sports Illustrated magazine showed up on it was just like Xanadu when that happened so what you've done with your career is amazing obviously I uh me and Ross have something in common that both of our dads were high school football coaches oh at that so so Ross's career how we how we took this thing over and I've always felt not felt you are you're a boots on the ground type of person because the last time we were talking and texting you were right outside of the door of the vote that was going on that was going to be talked about the coaching staff. <laughs> Remember that? Which tells me yes, again, indeed. Which tells me again it's boots on the ground. Could you explain 
Ross, to the people exactly how the coaching staffs could could ex- where they were talking about expanding to let analysts coach on the field, and then where that stands now. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. There was a there was a proposal um, basically from from the uh, kind of the NCAA competition committee, and it rose through the ranks to the football oversight committee, which makes a lot of football rules and passes a lot of football rules. And um, they had a recommendation that they sent to the Division One Council. I don't know all these NCAA governance terms can get confusing, but the Division One Council basically is the right now the authoritative council, um, and so they make decisions based on recommendations from the committees underneath them, which one includes again the football oversight. And so they recommended that that um, uh, basically uh, analysts and support staff members. Um, can can be hands on and, and can coach, um, you know. And right now, we all know that uh, that is against the rules. That uh, the eleven coaches, full time coaches, ten assistants, and one head coach are the only ones that can really hands on coach players and support staff and analysts can do film work and all that stuff and uh, scouting, but can't really are not supposed to be hands on. Now. Um, you know, I think uh, Bill knows as well as I do that there are plenty of schools out there that have analysts and support staff members who do coach. Um, it's not supposed to happen, but it does. And it's really hard for the NCAA police to police it. And I think part of the reason this was proposed is the NCAA doesn't have to wor- worry about policing it anymore. Right. And so they can, they can take the handcuffs off of uh, – these analysts and support staff and, and just let them legally hands on coach. Um, now they can't recruit, they wouldn't be able to recruit in the proposal. They wouldn't be able to recruit off campus. That would still be the 11 coaches, but they'd be able to coach. Now you were talking about how I was outside that room right about a month ago at the NCAA convention, the D one council took up that recommendation and did not pass it, which oh. is fairly unusual. Um, yeah, fairly unusual, actually, the D1 Council to reject a recommendation. However, uh-huh. we are going to probably see that recommendation come back. And, and so it got sent down to the football oversight for some, what I was told, language tweaking. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's supposed to be sent back up probably in April uh-huh. at the D1 Council meeting. And I would expect it to pass then. I think from what I understand, the issue was lang- the actual language in the legislation, uh, there were some concerns from D1 council members. So I still think it probably does get through, but uh, we'll see come April. That's great information. Excellent, excellent off-season talk here from Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated. Ross, isn't this mainly a matter of a level playing field? Because there are some schools, I mean, think Toledo versus Alabama in this discussion. Toledo just doesn't have the money to have all these analysts and all these guys with strange, strange names attached to the titles, strange titles, versus Alabama can send out 50 guys out there to coach. Is that what we're talking about? Is that the hesitancy of some people just because it's not a level playing field or am I off base? Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably a really big concern for, for some folks in the D1 Council, especially those that um, do work in the group of five. You know, D1 Council is made up of – um, I think it's around 30 or 35 people in there. 
each of the each conference basically is represented. So each level is represented, and I think there's a lot of people in there from the the group of five uh, conferences that um, are uh, in in the FCS conferences that are not fond of this because we all know what this means if if you don't already have a stack support staff or analyst group um coaches will will get there if they can now be hands-on and coach so um you'll have a offensive line coach and you'll also have an assistant offensive line coach and you also have an assistant to the assistant of the offensive line coach right and so we'll probably see a lot of that, um, and it will further the gap mm-hmm. between the the not even the power five and the group of five, uh, mm-hmm. but really the top fifteen to twenty in the power five. And mm-hmm. we've seen that group in a lot of ways because of money uh, kind of break off a little bit mm-hmm. and and spend a lot more. And so, yeah, the equity in legislating equity mm-hmm. the NCAA's tried to legislate equity with rules for years and what they're seeing is that some of this legislation uh, violates antitrust law and um and they're trying to get free of that and the Austin ruling from the Supreme Court a year and a half ago was behind a lot of these changes okay me, Ross Dellinger, SI.com. Regarding uh, some new faces this year in college football rosters, and a big one at Colorado in Deion Sanders' prime time, uh, making his debut. There, Jackson State, good run, now at Colorado in the Pac-12. I'm curious, do you think it will work out for Deion at Colorado, or are you hesitant about what that looks like for him with the Buffaloes? Well, I, you know, when Deion took the um, Jackson State job, and I, I've got a history there, I, I was a Jackson State beat writer back in 2010, 2011. Wow. I covered oh. that program hmm. huh. uh, based in, in Jackson. And, uh, yeah, I was uh, basically about three, four years out of college. And so that was um, kind of my early going there. And when he took over there, I, uh, you know, I knew about the situation financially with Jackson State and the SWAC and the facility situation and the lack of resources. It's pretty bad, um, and I figured there's well one. I thought, what the heck is Deion Sanders doing uh, mm-hmm. taking this job? And then I thought, there's no way he's going to win here. Um, and lo and behold, right? I I he proved me wrong, and um, and he's already, and he proved me wrong by I think marketing the school in a way that it's probably never been marketed. Um, and he, he proved me wrong by, by hiring some, you know, surrounding himself by some good assistants and um, having the ability to recruit players like he has. Uh, and that's that's how he's done it. As they say, Bill, right, the, the Jimmy Jim, and Joes, right, they're are more important than the X's yeah. and O's. And I think that he's getting the Jimmys and the Joes at Jackson State, and, and he had better players than any other SWAC team now. He's already started to get the Jimmy Jim Joes quite a bit at uh, Colorado. It looks like in the um, the Buffaloes seem to be rolling quite nicely. The thing is, is he he won't be um, far and above talent wise Pac-12 schools. You know, like he was at Jackson State. Uh, he was he was head, of, head above everybody when it came to talent. So that's the only kind of concern that I have is that he, he won't have that talent gap. He will get 
more talented players than Colorado's seen in a while, but he won't have that talent gap. That said, you know, I mean, winning seven, eight games at Colorado is, is still a success, and it seems like he has the talent that should be able to do that. Okay, let's just keep this simple, Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated. No uh, off-season rule questions or anything like that. No councils. I just want you to give. I just want you to give Nebraska's hire of Matt Rule a grade, a grade, A, B, C, D. You can put pluses and minuses if you want. What's your grade of Nebraska's hire of Matt Rule and why? Well, I think you know. I, I think that a lot of people. Probably, if you ask them November one, um, if you ask them who's the uh, the biggest uh, name in the in the coaching head coaching pool um, for this cycle, this college football cycle, I think the majority of people would have, would have told you that 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 number one name is is Matt Rule, mm-hmm. um, and and so I think in a lot of ways Nebraska got the number one quote, you know, number one pick in, in the pool uh, for this coaching cycle. Um, Matt has built two college programs and done it fairly quickly, quickly within within about three years at Temple and then and then at Baylor. I, I visited him and spent a whole day with his staff at Baylor um, his last year there when they were really rolling. I think I, I visited there when they were undefeated. They were like seven, eight, no, or something like that. And, and it's, imp- it was impressive. It was, it was an impressive kind of culture and, and the team and players and, uh, how he, he had everybody on the same page. Um, and so I, I think that they made a hire that a, a lot of people, you know, would certainly grade as arguably the best of this cycle. Mm, and I, I think he, the, the only one, and, and you'd look at some that are that are right up there, right? I think probably a lot of people would would say that Luke Fickle's hire at Wisconsin was was right up there uh, with it, and maybe even you'd get some people to say that Hugh Freeze's hire, especially fit wise at Auburn, um, you know, made a lot of sense and was right up there. But certainly, um, I think I think you know Nebraska in the end got their guy. It sounds like it took a few times. Um, to, to go back to Matt a, a couple different times to try to convince him in, in whatever way, whether it be the contract stuff or, or whatnot. Uh, but they, in the end, it, it seems like they got the guy that they were focused on in the beginning. Um, and, uh, yeah, very, uh, I would say a, a pretty dang successful and uh, certainly splashy hire. I, I look forward to seeing how they'll, how they'll do. Okay. Outstanding. Uh Ross, real quick, Bill Bush here again. Um, I don't know if people know this, but Ross is calling from Washington, D.C. Did not know did, that. That, that, hmm. that. He's basically the president's right-hand man, how I see it. From where he lives, he's not <laughs> oh, that wow. far away from the White House, so he is he is right there and able to go. Well, so He so, can help that president. Yeah, he, he, he's very, he, he's, he does a lot of stuff. Also, we went political here, Ross. We, we tried to stay away from gambling and politics, but uh, – Simple threw that one out there, so we're trying to. Now we got a whole new, whole oh, new game here. No, we don't. Whole new game here. We don't have a whole look out, Bill. Look, look out. out. That's what I've got, and, I, and I'm I'm inexperienced at this stuff, so I'm trying to I'm trying to go through I'm the waters here. Yeah, you're doing well, Bill. Real uh, quickly, not quickly, but just just give us a brief synopsis of what you think, how this is going to unfold for us. Where you anything major changing, or what's going to happen this year as we're leading into the playoffs? What do you think? How do you feel things? How this playoff, the twelve-team playoff, is 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 going to be ready to go in one year? Hmm. Yeah, well, it's uh, 
you know, it's interesting because everything kind of um, aligns with uh, with 2024. You know, the, the SEC will expand with Texas and Oklahoma. The Big Ten will get um, will get USC and UCLA in 24. The the new media rights deals from a couple leagues kick in, or about four leagues kick in in 24. And then you got the playoff expansion in 24. So 2024 looms as a really um, significant season in college football. Um, and I think the, the the biggest thing we're watching right now as far as, you know, the expansion of the college football playoff, which will happen that season as well, is um, what, what happens with all the additional money that is coming from this expanded playoff, which yeah. is a lot of money. Uh, it's a billion, probably a billion dollars right now. The playoff get, garners about $600 million, the 14 playoff. They're looking at $1.5 to $2 billion for 12-team playoffs. And, you know, Bill, you just kind of in this thing in, in, as a coach on the ground level, and you know what's going on with NIL and college athletes' rights. And it's going to be really interesting to see um, – how that money, new money um, is distributed to leagues, conferences, schools, and um, players. And, and it, it'll, it'll be interesting to watch as we move forward because over the summer, or by the end of the summer probably, the college commissioners will have probably decided on how to distribute that money. And, um, and you mentioned I was in D.C. You know, there's obviously a lot going on here with discussions of college athlete bill and rights and yep. NIL and NIL bill and, and stuff like that. And, you know, their Senator Tuberville from Alabama seems to be drafting something. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I don't have faith uh, in, in much uh, when it comes to congressional movement. They, it moves extraordinarily slow and it's mm. been four years of them talking about a college athlete bill, and we've seen not one get to the floor. So I don't know that Congress is the answer. Um, college football is going to need uh, to figure out something here in the way of revenue distribution or distribution to athletes uh, at some point. And, and it starts probably with that playoff money. It'll be interesting to watch that uh, going forward. Great. Ross, uh, wonderful insight. Thank you for all the stuff this morning. We will chat with you again down the road. I got to see y'all. Great job. Awesome. Oh, man. There's From a Washington, D.C. There's a, there's a lot to break down in that interview. Tons. But one thing that really now, – now, Jake, you can come at me on this. Bill, I guess you can. Come could. at you how? On this, on this matter. You have to say something first for we know if get, we come out here. Getting – get, true. Frost being targeted for using analyst and whatever, GA, as – coaching on the field that was a that was a that was ridiculous and the reaction around here was largely ridiculous people acting like he committed some major violation that was ridiculous and i'm sorry you think nebraska fans act like that some did i mean i immediately wrote my god really are we doing this this is ridiculous i, I can't speak on it because i wasn't here for at, at that time when whenever the violation mm -hmm. took so i can't speak for it at all but i'll say this the general feeling of any college coach assistant coach and i'm not speaking for every head coach but in general you're not talking about well this is crap because so and so i know they've got analysts that are coaching nobody cares 
Right. Nobody cares. It's like it's like one of those right. things that just there's people doing things or there people are right. talking on the field. No one cares. Thank no you. one's like you know, like why'd you lose? Also, when there's this talk about Thank the assistant you. has the assistant has the assistant, I think that's crap. Now Ross was right, but what I think is crap about it is like I'm running my meeting. I don't, I don't know. They're, they're, this isn't like a bunch of guys. Hey, what do you think back there? Right. Shut up. I got it. I got. <laughs> I got this meeting. All right. That's and that's how we're going to run it. So having but, more is not better. It's not like having sixty coaches is going to make okay. you better. That All does right. not make you better. All right. Thank having you. Having a couple assistants that can run some drills for you when you split up. That's how it gets better. Thank you, Bill. Now here's here's where I'm. Okay, go back to. I know we're jumping around a little bit. But go back to the scene where Alberts. And Scott, Trev Alberts, yeah, Trev and Scott were standing at the podium after this all came out. After this, oh, these yeah. NCA violations came out, and remember how how disgusted Frost looked. He did. Now, when you think about it, of course he was disgusted. We're we're all you know, there's 50 media members there, you know, and it's like a big to do, and his boss is standing by him. And and think about what Bill just said. Nobody gives a damn about it in college football. I didn't give a damn about it. He had some analyst coaching, and people are waggling their finger at Frost. It was ridiculous. The whole scene was disgusting. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, but people glom onto negative news. Yeah, they, they, Am they, I wrong? They try to make it Am I being deal. obnoxious? I, like I said, I, I don't have knowledge of that scenario it was I, I thought it was ridiculous it was ridiculous I, we both I'm just saying it was in ridiculous. general no one it was over the top no one walks around if you're not when i was at uh, wisconsin or lsu or whatever i didn't walk around and see someone from auburn and go hey i heard you guys got analysts on the oh, field God. we didn't even talk about that it's like whatever we got our I own mean, problem the boss is standing there with a the right. big suit on and here's frost getting yeah. you know we're making a big like, deal of stupid. it it right. was stupid yeah it was ridiculous i'm sure what was going through his mind is are we we're, are we really doing this? This is seriously happening. Yeah, but remember really? that. But that came down from the NCAA. It wasn't that? No, it came so, down so, from the NCAA. You're so, right. So, so the response was from the NCAA. It wasn't that. That's where the response had to come from. They're the ones that that handed out penalties. So it wasn't. This wasn't self-imposed from inside. I'd have to look at that a little bit. Regardless, I think the reaction from the fans was again. There was two responses. Some are saying, "Oh, wow, what are we doing here?" But most were saying, "Seriously." Yeah, I think this is a big. I hope this is a big what, deal. I, I think that was the majority okay. response. Was seriously. Okay. All right. I hope you're right. But uh, speaking of guests, we had Ross Dellinger on. You want to let him know, Bill, who do we have on tomorrow at six thirty? That you've lined up. You're, you've you've been on the phone. We, we have we have a we have a former outstanding black shirt is going to be on the program at six twenty five or six thirty. Yes, right there uh, from calling from the state of Ohio, originally from the state of Mississippi. Uh, Jimmy Burrow will be on that. That's Joe Burrow's dad. And uh, Jimmy played here in, in the 70s. Great player. Like I said former black shirt. So look forward to having him Jamie on. Jamie Burrow's dad. Yeah. And so and yes. another Burrow, um, Jamie Burrow. And there was another Burrow that played for Nebraska. Oh, this is embarrassing. There was yeah. two boys that played for yeah, Nebraska. Yeah. Name it. Oh, you got it? No, oh, I got it. Of course okay. he knows it. Yeah. Okay. Jamie. This is your trivia. No, I'm going to wait. I'm going to let you try to get okay. this. Okay. Jamie. Burrow was a middle linebacker, and he started on the team that played Miami in the Rose Bowl. Yep. He was their leading tackler, actually. And his brother, Jamie and um, – Dan? Dan. That's, that's Raph. Raph. Sorry. Raph. Dan Raph. Dan, Dan was waiting. Raph has my back routinely. Dan was a huge part, and Jamie was too, but Dan was a huge part in the recruiting of Joe – to LSU because I coached Dan here. I didn't coach Jamie, obviously a great player. Friends with you Jamie now. Here. I coached Dan here. And so I was talking to him as I was on the campus at Eastern Arizona in Thatcher, Arizona, which is in the middle of nowhere, Arizona, out in the quad of a, of a, um, of the, uh, 
of the dorms to, to, oh, to mm-hmm. talk to him about getting Joe to come to LSU. Oh, this is awesome. So this is this is going to happen. Jimmy Burrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow. At yeah. 625. So we can so. talk about some Husker football, some days have passed, the recruitment of of, uh, of Joe. I'm sure he'll have some insight on it because I know that you guys have mentioned before that Joe was recruited here. <laughs> and so we you have, guys can have some yeah. insight on many, that. Many times. That was, that was awesome how you left me to hang out to drive yeah, well, I when I couldn't wait. remember yeah. the name of Jamie's brother. Yeah. Dan. I thought you didn't know, and I'm like, Dan, okay, oh, we're in a big also, trouble. Real, real, real quick here, yeah. Dan met his 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 wife right now. They're married at the Auburn game when we came back, and Joe had a had a fourth uh, fourth quarter like 80 yard drive to kick the field goal to beat Auburn at Auburn. He met his his future wife at that game. Wow. Another great story. Touchdowns everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. When we come back, hey, the preseason number one team in college basketball is on the verge of missing the big dance. How can we be so wrong about teams that's next on early break in the team? Unbelievable story.